everybody, welcome into our MMA only episode of the Early Edge. Of course, we are powered by the Almighty Sports Line. I am the coach, and you're probably saying to yourself, "Coach, there's no MMA this weekend." You're right. We're doing something for the very first time next week. UFC 264 is such a big show. We're going to give you a little preview today, a little uh, trip down memory lane with the hottest MMA handicapper in the world today. And I'm not exaggerating. It's just fact. Let's bring him in right now. You know, Ian Parker in the Duck Army. I tell you what, he walks around with just fire and smoke coming out of his ears. You've been so hot last week. And it's like it's it's like when you're in your comfort zone. We had PFL, Bellator, and UFC, all three. You were just eating it up. How are you? I'm great. Today started off pretty interesting, as you know. But uh, other than that, it's been a uh, look when it comes to MMA, you just got to know certain things. You got to put in the work, got to put in the time. This is not like any other sport where there's trends, where there's other teammates on the field, weather conditions. You got to know the fighters. You got to know their styles. You got to know where they train. And uh, I live it, breathe it, you eat know. it. Let's go. We talk all the time. Education. Entertainment. Today's all about education. As we get you ready, as the numbers have come out, you can get some bets in early, but we're going to kind of give you uh, some some background on all the fighters in the co-main event and the main event. So let's start before we get to the trilogy, which is the whole reason we're doing this preview of Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier 3. Let's go to the co-main event first. Gilbert Burns, plus 145 is the underdog, taking on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at minus 170. It's a welterweight bout, two completely different styles. Talk to me about the fight and then what could happen for both fighters if they are able to win. For Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Gilbert Burns, this, this fight means everything to both guys. For Wonderboy, he is the only fighter who has not fought Kamaru Usman or lost to him yet, as opposed to other contenders that are waiting in line. Gilbert Burns needs this fight badly. Coming off the loss to Kamaru Usman, if he beats Wonderboy by TKO or submission really early, he can maybe then fight Colby Covington and get a contender, you know, get a contender fight and fight for the belt. For me, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Wonderboy, you know, when he came into the UFC, massive karate guy, you know, as we see in his striking is second to none between the volume, the angles. He's just so unpredictable. Yeah. But the one thing that everybody questioned was, hey, what happens if you put him on his back? Well, go watch the two fights against Tyron Woodley when Woodley was the dominant Tyron Woodley that we knew and loved. And he had a really hard time <laughs> taking Stephen Thompson down. When he did, Thompson got back up. Guys just can't get this guy down. His balance is there. He takes good angles. His sprawl has gotten better. So when you're just that good at striking and you could dedicate time to sprawling and wrestling, now don't get me wrong, you're not going to learn this overnight. Wrestling, years, years, jujitsu, same thing, but... You can learn how to sprawl. You can learn how to bring it. You bring in guys to help you. And I think for Wonderboy, that is what has made him one of those guys the UFC has brought in that's an elite striker that has had tremendous success. And now we're going to see if he finally can get back to the title. In order to do that, he's got to prevent the takedowns from Gilbert Burns and not be on his back because Gilbert Burns is one of the best in Brazilian jiu-jitsu out there. All right, so let me ask you this, though, because Stephen Thompson, the one thing he has not been good at, and that is finishing. So from a betting perspective, when you look at a prop, I kind of zoned in on the by decision prop because he just doesn't finish guys. Am, am I wrong? You're not wrong. He has finished guys per se, but yeah, that's, you know, he's not, here's the beauty about Steven Thompson. We all love to see finishes. We all love to see the knockouts, submissions. 
but he's got such a high level fight IQ. You know, he doesn't go in there forcing the knockout when he has knocked people out. He's just done it within the flow of his striking, within his combinations. You know, when you're an MMA fighter, you could even say with boxing too, when you throw too much power into your strikes, usually you gas out, you miss. When you just let it flow, do your combinations, the power is there with your technique. That's why Wonder Boy is such a special fighter. So do I like the decision that you just said? Yes, I, I agree with you. Gilbert Burns is a hard guy, <coughs> excuse me, to put away. We know Kamara Usman did it, but I don't think Wonder Boy possesses that same power as Usman. He's also not that type of fighter. He's more of the touch and go, get out of the way, and he's not going to allow Gilbert to get close or brawl. So Coach, you kind of beat me to the punch there. Whoever does win that fight, I have no problem with you taking that prop by decision. I think it's a good call. Yeah, all the props uh, definitely come out at the beginning of the week. We'll have all of the – we have a lot of picks next week on the show. Uh, so keep an eye on the decision, but also, uh, Ian, on social media. And also, you never know, we're going to throw a video or two out there as well uh, on the props for the co-main event. Now, let's get into the main event because this is going to be one of the great fights of all time, we hope. It's one of the great rivalries. It spans several years. They fought twice. This will be the third and probably final time. It's essentially a coin flip, but I want you to go back to the first fight and what, seven, eight years ago and what Conor McGregor was able to do then. Let's start with that one. Look, they were both fighting at 145 pounds. Conor was on the rise. Dustin was a prospect as well. Uh, what happened, the Dustin that you saw there, though, is not the same Dustin you are seeing now. And same goes for Conor. I'll start with Dustin. Back then, he wanted to knock out Conor. He allowed the emotions to get involved. He allowed Conor to get into his head. And for a guy that was a black belt or still is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu that was winning most of his fights, he was on a really good winning streak then by submission, wanted to get into a firefight with Conor to prove a point. And the composure wasn't there. And look what happened. You know, this is the same thing that goes with a lot of guys that fight Conor. The only guy early in Conor's career that gave Conor fits was Chad Mendez, who was like, listen, Connor's got the reach. He's got the left hand. Why am I going to stand and bang? I'm going to get dropped. He's got the power. So what did Chad do? Chad out wrestled Connor up until he gassed out. And then Connor hit him with one punch. And that's how Connor became, you know, one, one and then fought Jose Aldo after that. The improvements made between the two fighters are so different. And this is what leads to the second fight. Okay, number one, different weight class <laughs> for Dustin. He's so much better at 55, doesn't have yeah. to worry about the cut. And yeah. you can see that in his cardio. I mean, you can see it, I hate to say, in the in the damage he's able to absorb between the Justin Gaethje fight, between the Dan Hooker fight. I mean, against Hooker, he was down two rounds to none, took everything, and then came back and dominated the rest of the fight. You know, the thing with Dustin that we have seen is the improvements he's made in his striking game. I mean, it's not a brawl anymore. It's technical. His boxing may be the best in the division. Okay. And you add in calf kicks and you add in the fact that the guy's a black belt in jujitsu. He always has that to fall back on. All right. Can we say the same for Connor? The answer? No. You know, you go and look at what he's done over the years. With Jose Aldo, he won the belt, never defended the 45 pound belt ever. Goes up and fights Eddie Alvarez. Beats him, knocks him out. Okay, what happens next? He fights Habib, right? So outside of the Nate Diaz fights, okay, we haven't seen Connor go very far. So if Connor doesn't knock you out early on, his cardio falls. He, you know, we see videos of him running in the streets and biking, but yes. What does that mean? It means absolutely nothing. Look what happened in this fight. Dustin controlled the narrative the whole way. Calf kicks. He took away Connor's power. He poured on the volume. He didn't let Connor get that left hand off. And Connor's confidence, I think, also drops when he doesn't knock someone out right away. 
You know, the so, first so let, me, get, let me jump in. Let me ask you this then. Sure. If that is the case, then if you're Conor McGregor and he always comes out fast, are we going to see somebody that comes out from the bell and just goes bananas because he has this history and many fights, as you just alluded to, that he gasses out in the second or third rounds or fourth rounds, which he's done against Diaz, against all the guys. So do you think he's going to come out even faster? He can't. And the reason why he cannot is the same way he couldn't against Khabib Nurmagomedov. Dustin has the ability to take him down and hold him down there and work a submission game. You know, the problem, I think, for Connor, and listen, he he's with a good camp. His coach, John Cavanaugh, is one of the best in the world. However, I don't know who they really have brought in that helps Connor prepare for fights. You know, you look at Dustin, he's at American top team. Look who he's training with across the board. You know, if you're the best guy in the gym and no one's challenging you, pushing your limits, how do you get better? You know, this sport is so unforgiving. Look what happened to Ronda Rousey, dominating, dominating, loses to Holly Holm. She doesn't bounce back. Amanda Nunez, you know, once you're figured out, you know, if you don't grow with the game, you're left behind. And that happens to fighters. It doesn't take away from their legacy. Okay, but look, when Connor fought Khabib, we all knew what Habib was going to do, right? Stand with him for a little bit, pressure him, out wrestle him, grind him. Exactly. Dustin has that ability. So Connor cannot come out blitzing. He has to stay composed. He's got to make sure that he doesn't get that calf kick destroyed. And he's got to really use that punching. He's got to, he's got to really get that going early on without gassing himself out. All right. So here's the deal. Nobody bounces back from a win, usually on the night he loses on social media more than Conor McGregor. It almost like it acts as if what just happened didn't happen. Right. Let, let's talk both guys quickly on what a win does for their career and where it goes. Let's start with Poirier and then go to Conor McGregor. Well, for Dustin Poirier, I think it's very simple. He gets a title shot. You know, he passed up on the title shot to fight Conor in the trilogy. So to me, that means... He went for the money, right? right. We know it's a money fight. I I get it. He believes after that fight, he's going to win again. So why not take the money, wait for the title shot, and then go fight Charles Oliveira? So that's what that would mean for Dustin. If Connor wins, that's up to Connor. You know, does he go and fight Charles Oliveira? Does he feel the need to go chase this title? Or does he just say, you know what? I got my win here. What's the next biggest money fight? And I think win or lose, that is a trilogy fight with Nate Diaz. Okay. Now, the the other option that they could do is have Connor fight Kamara Usman at 170 for the belt because it would sell. However, that's a nightmare matchup for Connor. Size wise, strength wise, cardio wise, wrestling wise. It's just to me, you don't need to chase a belt when you've already won two belts in two other divisions. So Mm -hmm. for me, win or lose, if Dustin doesn't want to fight Oliveira for the belt, if he doesn't believe that's a good matchup, and I think we all know that's a nightmare matchup on the ground, like beyond between the range and just everything for Oliveira, Connor versus Nate, the trilogy, there is no better time for it. Even though Nate lost uh, 98% of that fight against Leon Edwards, that last one minute is what we keep seeing, right? Right. So, so the stock is up. So why not have him versus Connor? Because that's just a legacy fight. They each beat each other. It's so sellable. And does anyone care which one wins or loses at that point? No. no. Both right into the sunset, making their money and legends. Last question. Last question. If Conor McGregor loses again, he's been able, he's been Teflon Don. He's been the fighter that can lose and still get top dollar. But at some point, all the great ones, all the great ones fall off 
and they don't get those big money fights anymore. What does a loss and a knockout loss do to Conor McGregor? The one thing Conor's been able to do compared to all those people you have just spoken of is he's been able to maintain, uh, you want to call it, let's call it storylines for all purposes, right? Because it's not really a rivalry with a Nate Diaz, but, you know, Conor's got other names out there that he could fight. I would have no issue if he fought someone like in Jorge Masvidal. Okay, if he wanted to go to 170, you know, at at 55, the only fight that would make sense if he loses, there's two guys, Tony Ferguson, okay, or Nate Diaz. All right. Tony Ferguson's coming off, you know, several losses in a row. I don't really know what's a good matchup for him at this point. To me now, he falls into that legends category where I don't see him getting back to the top. I just I just don't. He's someone who's so set in their ways. Connor Mm -hmm. versus Tony, Connor versus Tony, Connor versus Nate. Okay, again. Other guys with big names that have, you know, Tony's a legend in himself, obviously, you know, ultimate fighter champ. I mean, he's just he's Tony Ferguson, you know, and then if you want to put Connor at 170, the only guy that really comes to mind there would be Masvidal storyline could sell. I mean, Connor is the only guy who's been able to maintain that name win or lose, especially on a loss, because I honestly remember Connor for his losses, not his wins at this point. Well, and that's and that's he, he has lost a lot. And for some reason. Us in the media, we refuse to talk about the losses because that would mean he wouldn't be the star in everybody's eyes that he is and he sells. I tell you what, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unwrap. There's a lot of numbers that are going to be changing uh, throughout. You don't have to give me your pick, but a lot of people love to beat the market. Currently, Conor McGregor at William Hill, our incredible partners, minus 115. Dustin Poirier, minus 105. The prop not to go the distance is an incredible minus 350. Are you leaning any way a week early? What are you kind of feeling when you see these initial odds come out? I don't get it. To be honest with you, I find it very bizarre that Dustin Poirier is not the favorite. Um, you know, keep in mind when they fought, it was how many years ago? You know, you're talking about both guys were in a different division, different, different parts in their career, and the difference in activity between the two leaps and bounds. Connor yep. does not fight very often, and Dustin fought the top level very often. He was growing with the sport, Connor did not. So, to answer your question, I am leaning Dustin Poirier, especially at that number. I believe that number is going to skyrocket up. At some point, I think on fight night, he will be minus 165. Okay? Yeah. It's hard for me to really imagine why the fight would go any differently when both have not fought since. Um, they're not in different training camps. They both don't have any injuries. So what adjustments needs to be made on other, on either side? Connor's the one that needs to make the adjustment, not Dustin. So to answer your question, I think that's a steal of a number for Dustin right now. All right. Very good. And we talk about the, the money making people soft. They don't work as hard. And I think there is some, some fact in that. And since he fought the last time, he has sold his whiskey brand for a billion dollars. And <laughs> he's going to get like $500 million of that. It's crazy. The crazy. man prints money. How do you get motivated to want to go in and fight when you have that much money? But like Dustin says, in all of the promotions, you can't buy heart you can't buy heart I believe all right it. we're gonna be back next week with an entire preview and my man Ian has told me he loves a ton of fights on this car a ton means a ton of cash a ton of cash all right I'm gonna put him back in his bubble because we like to protect our guys <laughs> uh, but you've got your marching orders and this week is to watch our show next week 
So between now and then, take all of your tickets straight to the pay window. Brian Parker and the entire Duck Army for the jeweler who puts it all together here at the brand. I am the coach. We'll see you next week right here for a full preview. Picks the whole nine yards. MMA only. Early X. See you then. Thank you.